Welcome to the Orion Podcast, hosted by Jessa and Laurel of A Stellar Co., a podcast that connects you with the knowledge and resources you need to drive a more conscious form of capitalism. Orion starts now. Hey, Laurel. Hey, Jessa. Who do we have on today? We have Mavis Carolina Herrera. Did I say that right? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for being so gentle with our terrible accents. We have a lovely name. Um, we're so grateful you're here. Thanks for that invite. Yeah. yeah. We actually, we met Mavis through Nathan Young. Yes. So Nathan Young is the founder of The New Narrative, and he was on our podcast a couple months ago. I think we talk about him on every podcast since. Yeah, I think so. It's very relevant. And so we had been meeting with him for our startup, and he sent an email, and he's like, you have to meet Mavis. And we're like, okay, Nathan. <laughs> and then we met Mavis. We had a meeting. We just sent an email, had a meeting, and like within five minutes, we're like, yes, 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 to everything <laughs> we're saying, and you're so on board, and you're such a big visionary, and it was so fun to meet with you. And since then, obviously, we've had a lot more meetings, but... Um, I mean, we were introduced to you because of your handbags. Mama Vispa Herrera. Yes. Mama Vispa Herrera. Okay. Yes. Got it. So will you tell us more about, or I guess to start off, tell us about your brand and your handbags that you've launched recently? Yeah, so it's, I started, it's going to be nine months ago. Oh. Wow. Almost a year. Yay. When did you start? April? No, March. Uh, So I left my corporate job in March. Mm-hmm. And I left everything. I sold my car. And I pretty much was uh, using my bike as a, my transportation. Mm-hmm. And and then in April, that's when Mavis Barrera was born, actually. I went back to the mountains in Oaxaca, and I met two ladies that I met previously in one of my trips because I like to travel by myself in a backpack. And I always go to the known places on the mountains in the middle of nowhere where my mom is pretty much worried about me, <laughs> but I'm fine. And because I just like to connect with nature. And I promised I was going to help them somehow. So I came back two years later and I say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do bags, but we're going to make our, they're going to be made out of recycled plastic material. Mm-hmm. And, and they say, yes, let's do it. And I was like, perfect, I have a team. And that's how it started. So from two right now, actually, now we have 10 ladies doing oh. the bags, which is incredible. Yeah. And so the women, are they're based in Oaxaca. who are making They're the based bags. in Oaxaca and they're based in Michoacan. In Oaxaca, they actually live in the mountains where there's no electricity. There's like completely outside of the main city, which is, makes it wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. And so you were on a vacation, and you just met these people, and you liked them? Or how did you get introduced to the ladies in the mountains? I went there because I stayed. I wanted to live in the mountains for a week, so they offered me their house. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay. So, so it was. So I was pretty much camping, uh, sleeping on a hamaca, mm. and it was pretty cool. And yeah. when you were talking about starting handbags with um, materials from recyc- or recycling plastic materials, I guess. How did you come into that? Was that just a vision? Like, I want to like put something, I want to reuse something that would otherwise be trash? Or like, did you hear about someone else doing something similar? Like, how did you get that idea? I, I was really like studying into 
water pollution, plastic pollution, that impact that it's making in the world. And and then the fashion industry, how it's actually polluting our oceans, how it's like the number two, like contributing to carbon emissions. And for me, it was just not acceptable. So I was like, I need to jump in this industry to make a change, mm-hmm. to innovate it, to provide something that it's sustainable because yes, you can do, you can do a product that's sustainable, that's good for the environment and good for the people. So that was my vision and that's why I started it. Is that your definition of sustainability? Something that's good for the environment and good for the people? Yeah, so one of our, my mantra that I use for the company is like, what we do, every little step from making a bag from beginning to end, it has to be good for the environment. It has to be good for our community. Mm-hmm. If at some point it doesn't meet that requirement, you stop right there and you go back from the beginning and you fix it. And if you can't fix it, you just drop the project because it has to be really good for the environment and good for the people. That's like my main, main focus. And uh, most of the materials we use recycled plastic and we also use upcycle materials. So from an old garment, we are giving it a second life, mm-hmm. turning it into something beautiful. So that's what I use. We're transforming plastic pollution into beautiful things, beautiful bags. That gave me chills because it was like, if this doesn't meet my standards for quality for the environment, quality for the environment, then that project does not move forward. Yeah, I don't want it. Yeah, because that's not, that's not what's behind the brand and that's not what we stand. So I'm very straightforward in that. You're a true stakeholder capitalist. <laughs> like looking at all these different factors when creating your brand and your product and thinking about the complete picture. And it's really amazing. I'm staring at your bag right now because <laughs> when you hear it, like bags made from recycled materials or recycled plastics or you're upcycled, it like my mind it does not go. I'm like picturing like a bottle with a chain on it. It is yeah. they're so beautiful. Like you'd have no idea unless like you really knew the brand or you know researched the brand or bought it online and understood your story. And so if you just saw it in a store, like just your eye, like it's they're they're so beautiful. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my point too. Like I mean, they there are some other options where it's recycled. Like you mentioned, like you will be carrying like plastic bottles or the little caps, but they're really not that elegant or maybe it's not something that will satisfy like, you know, that elegant. So I wanted mm-hmm. to create also something beautiful, like something that my customers I call change maker will be proud to wear. Like, mm-hmm. and that's why I came Mavis by Herrera. <laughs> I love that you mentioned you call your customers change makers. That's something that resonated strongly with Jessa and me when we were meeting with you. It's walk us through what that means to you. What is a change maker? So I call my customer change makers because my customers are, I mean, my change makers, they are amazing. I admire them because it's someone who know exactly who they are. They don't need a recognition or any brand recognitions because they are enough. They're strong, they're powerful, and they're here to make a positive impact in the world. And I just feel proud and I admire them. So those are the change makers. Mm-hmm. And can you talk to us too about your packaging? Because I think that was another thing that when oh, we first yeah. met, you were talking about like <laughs> shipping. My packaging is amazing. It's very creative. So everything is a hundred percent from recycled um, cartons, like recycled boxes. So 
you might get a bag shipped on a cereal bag, kind of <laughs> like a little carton, but it's going to be creative. So it's something unique. It's not this like carton box and that's it. It's mm-hmm. creative. Like I will be, I mean, I started this with my neighbors. I was like, hey, all your leftovers, Amazon boxes, can I just get them? Mm-hmm. And I started cutting and taping it and making my own little boxes. So they're very unique. Everything is uh, 100% upcycle. And you draw on them, right? You yes. Like, yes. Tell us about yes. the messages. Well, it's it's inspiring. It changed. It's it's unique. So I will. So let's say if you buy one, I will send something specific for you. Mm-hmm. So it's very specific customer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I say thank you to mm-hmm. them. I really like. I honestly I do a happy dance when someone buys my bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It has been a journey, and it's uh, it has been a wonderful journey. Like, um, but yeah, it comes with a little message, like personalized, and I say thank you. And we're and I'm working right now on having like um, instead of want your warranty, like you can return the bag whenever you want, because mm-hmm. I want to be part of the solution. Uh, instead of you trashing the bag, like no, just give it back to us because we can recycle. We can create something out of it so if after two years if you no longer want the bag you can always bring it back to us and we'll give you like 50 percent off so you can purchase another bag i like that because you're encouraging not only to reduce the waste stream from source reduction meaning like you're upcycling materials that would have otherwise gone to the landfill you're also saying this isn't the end of our relationship here. This transaction, when I give you this bag, is not the end of it. Bring it back. Continue to be a part of this brand and not trash it, like you said. Reuse it again. That's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's truly like a regenerative brand in my eyes. I, Patagonia does that in a similar way. North Face does that because they, like you, are very committed to being the solution, not just another problem. And that's exactly what Mavis by Herrera is. We're also like the evolution of fashion consciousness. Mm-hmm. Like that's where we want to head. We want we exist because we want to sh- provide and show that actually you can do sustainable products. You can do products that are good for the environment and good for our planet. That's mm-hmm. our part of our our vision as well. Yeah, when that's something that. Um, definitely resonated with Laurel and me when we first met you was how conscious you are as an entrepreneur. You think of every single aspect of the, the I guess, the design process, the, I don't want to say manufacturing, but what's mm-hmm. like the, the craftsmanship process <laughs> and, you know, how you select your designers and the, the women who are working for you and your materials and the packaging and the whole life cycle of the product. And all the ways that you, you know, you've talked to us about how you want to give back through the business. And so it was just really inspiring meeting you and just hearing how you'd already thought through all of this stuff. It wasn't that you weren't just like, oh, I'm going to make bags. That's it. You're like, I'm going to make bags. And I remember having this conversation with you about um, the plastic bottles, like the fibers. And I'm like, well, what happens, you know, hypothetically, like if it runs out, you're like, great. Good. I'm out of business. That's a great problem to have. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, one of my dreams is that we run out of bags, plastic bags, and I can no longer produce this. That would mm-hmm. be amazing because that, when that happens, we're going to end plastic pollution. Yes. And that's the goal, right? Right. And 
So as far as you getting into fashion design, is this your first step into the fashion design world with the bags, or do you have a background in that prior to this? Uh, after I graduated, my first job was in the fashion fashion industry, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like fast fashion, but in the footwear industry. Oh, for the design, creation, manufacture, sales, distribution, like all the entire process really? for two years and a half, almost three years. I thought I was not going to go come back to the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. But after I did my research and I got very inspiring, I was like, there's a need there. It's the lacking of consciousness, and I need to go and do something about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so from there, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and like the steps that you've taken to get to where you're at today. And because we know you have a very interesting story and we want you to share it or whatever parts that, you know, I feel will be worthwhile for the, our listeners. Well, I've been, <laughs> so I've been working for 11 years in international business has been my major mm-hmm. uh, for international companies. And I learned from finance, accounting, uh, marketing, uh, distribution, operations. Um, the last one I got myself into was data analytics, doing predictive analytics, like working behind uh, coding, mm-hmm. which it was interesting. Uh, it's not really my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because I was traveling a lot for work, I really get to meet different countries and get to experience the atmosphere, how people live. And also on my personal time, I like to travel by myself. I will go, like, I will leave the country for 20 days on my backpack. And, of course, my mom is getting better at that. (laughs) (laughs) And I will normally, like, arrive to a city but then go to the mountains. And through my traveling is actually where I met, like, the most beautiful people I have ever met. And they teach me that if you take care of nature, nature take care of you. And like uh, one of my last trips was in Indonesia and I went in Yogyakarta. It's outside the city in the mountains. And this family, they make like 75 cents a day and they were still offering me their food. And I was like, (laughs) wow, I can't take their food. But I saw like their kids were playing with, with plants and they didn't even have toys. And they were the most happy people on earth. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you forgot that you you can have all these materialistic things, but at the end, it matters. Like happiness, it has no value. You don't need to have a lot of money. You don't need all these materialistic things. You don't need a title. You can be happy if you choose to be happy. So that really inspired me. And then my, my love through nature. So I kind of like brought all like who I am to Mavis Vallarrera, like what exactly I want to do. Because I, I asked myself, Mavis, what do you want to do the rest of your die before you die? Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to create change. I want to do great <laughs> things. That's what I want to do. So, <laughs> That's very impactful. That's an impactful statement. And, you know, we have a lot of respect for you for doing this and asking yourself those big questions and hard questions because it's hard, I think, for a lot of us, and a lot of us don't do that. And <clears throat> excuse me, even if we know we want to do something bigger and better, we we don't really know what that is and how to get there. 
And so that's what I think is one of the, again, one of the things that's so inspiring about you is asking yourself these big questions and and going for it and going all in and wholeheartedly. And one of the other things when you mentioned, like when you wanted to change, like you can start by doing little things and those little things becomes bigger things. Mm -hmm. One of my experience, um, so behind my backs, I really admire the people who makes my backs. They are amazing. Like my artisans, I mean, the people behind my backs, I mean, they have my heart. <laughs> and I'm here actually for them because I want them for them to evolve, to grow, to do better. It's not about me. It's mm-hmm. about us coming together as one and do better. Um, so one of my visits, I went and visited Adelina and I asked Adelina, hey, Adelina, where, where's your husband? What happened? He's like, no, no, Senorita Mavis, he's gone. I was like, what? He's like, what What happened? Is, is there anything I can do to help you? He's like, well, now I make my own money. I have enough money to support myself for, with food and shelter for me and my kid. And I no longer need him. No more, like, hitting me. No more mm-hmm. abuse. And that moment really impacted my life. And I said, yes, I'm making a difference. And more than ever, I'm going to push for this. Because they believe in me, and I I can't just drop this and just let go, you know. Mm-hmm. They I am changing their lives, and and part of what we do behind like I also teach them um, business skills, how to sell their product, how to sell their um, whatever they want to do, like how to do production, and I mean that's one of my goals to teach them to become a salesperson, business person as well. That's fantastic. Because I want them to grow. <laughs> yeah, so these women, they that through that example, you know, she was empowered and independent and had skills and a profession where she could take care of herself and her family. And so she didn't need to endure something that was abusive. She had an option. And so she had choice. And she had choice because of you. And what our um, last interview we had with um my doctor dr ben we share a similar quote that we love it's love is that which enables choice so you truly loved them you truly gave them these choices and then from there they had the choice to work to live to love to play to feed their kids to be independent women that is beautiful yes and i i know what it is to come out from a abusive domestic violence relationship because I was there at two, I mean, what's going to be five years back? I mean, I was there. I went through that. I know when you come out of that, you lose yourself and it takes time to rebuild you. And because of that, now I, one of the promises I want to do is I want to put a three months program to support anyone who has been coming from an abusive relationship or low self-esteem or you're just like broken like in mm-hmm. like inside to build up and bring out their best of of them that they can't see but we can't see and it's going to be cultivated with love so when they go they're ready to move forward in life when there's a negative reaction or hate they will respond with love and not hate Mm. And that's how you cultivate love. And that's kind of what the world needs. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that hits me very strongly. You know, part of 
my wellness journey involves actively practicing to choose love over fear or love over a reaction that a person an unloving person would do and so if you don't mind could you share some of your healing journey how what were the the small and large steps you took to rise above that violent situation and become the loving individual that you are well, one was like when I got off that relationship, I became, I was completely lost, feeling that the worst piece of person in this planet. Mm. So it took me time. I got into cycling and that, I mean, I got better into cycling. That helped me a lot. And We've seen pictures of you cycling. You still do it. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Awesome. I love cycling. <laughs> it really distracts me and connect me back with nature. And then through my traveling, meeting people, like talking to, like I will be taking a bus and next to me will be a Prius and he will be, we will have that most amazing conversation. <laughs> so actually I got my healing through love of people that people that you don't even know and become your friends, your family right there. In, in Peru, I went to this coffee shop and the lady she will have my coffee ready at 8 a.m and i was late and she would be like hey you're late i already warmed up your coffee three times <laughs> and then she'll like okay have your coffee um eat your breakfast and i will be and i'm gonna go grocery shopping you take care of the shop uh, and i was like okay <laughs> yeah you were a part of that community like you were an yeah. integral part i love that that's yeah that's kind of tough love meets accountability meets friendship. Like, that's yes, fantastic. and also like going through high, like being completely disconnected, it gives you enough time to reconnect with yourself of who you are. And that's pretty much what got me moving forward. And then the last struggle that I had was two years ago was recently, like I was in, I ended in the emergency room, intensive care, because my heart rate dropped to 28. Mm, oh my Pretty gosh. much doctors were like waiting just to have a heart, for me to have a heart attack. That's mm. And that week, it completely changed my life completely. Because mm. um, I didn't know the moment that I was waking up, that was going to be my last day, <laughs> my last time opening my eyes or not. And that was very, that really changed my life. And that's when I started asking my questions. If this is my last day, what I want to do? And what my answer is like, I want to make the best out of it because if this is my last day, it will be the best day of my life. And that's why how I switched completely and I, I left the corporate job and I said, I'm gonna start doing this. And at first people didn't believe on me and that was okay. It was challenging because uh, you want to have that support, but the support wasn't there. Because mm -hmm. people are like, well, you have a good job and your car. I can't believe you sold your car. Mm -hmm. and, and people thought I was honestly going to go travel the world. Like, oh, mommy, she's just going to go travel the world. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, actually. And I, and I keep telling I'm building something. Wait, you will see. You will see. And, yeah, there was a lot of rejections. Um, the other thing is that I'm self-funded. So it's... I mean, not having the money to put on all the branding, to throw all these campaigns, yeah, it's a struggle, but also it brings me the opportunity for me to bring out the best of me, things that I didn't know I could do, like building my own website, like all the photographies, the pictures on social media, They're writing my so marketing good. campaigns. 
like everything, it's just me wearing different hands. And I'm actually, it's a good thing because I'm like, I'm doing it. Like I, I never thought I was gonna be able to build a website. And so these are bringing out the best of me that I didn't know I have and I do have. <laughs> so you were in the corporate world and now you've decided, okay, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. And for those of you people that don't believe me, just wait, this is all happening. And from somebody that, that didn't meet you at the beginning, we, we met you, you know, eight, uh, maybe seven months into the handbag brand. When you look at your website, mavisbyerrera.com, it's gorgeous. Like you've done a fantastic job. The story is there. The photos are beautiful. I, it brings a smile to my face to follow you on Instagram. Like your photos and your storytelling brings a smile to my face. It makes my day better. I am so impressed that you were able to do all these things. Did you just go, like, did you have any experience in photography before you started this? Because the, it looks like you're a professional photographer. Yeah. Well, I started in high school. Ah. Thank mm. My dad, it was an elective class, and my dad was like, take photography. Like, dad, I don't know how to do photography. Uh -huh. I don't have a camera. He's like, I have one. Uh -huh. So my dad pushed me, and that's where I found my passion for photography. I love photography. Yeah. I love taking pictures. I mean, I do enjoy a lot of photography. I sh and then in college, I took more classes, and I wanted to study photography. But my mentor told me, no, go to college, and mm. then you come back to photography. Mm. So now it's pretty cool because on this new journey, Mavis Herrera, I'm incorporating my photography passion. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool. Turned out to be very good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's really, I love hearing that story. And I don't know if I knew that, if, that we discussed that about people saying, how are you going to do this and all the doubt and you just having that confidence and know that you had it within you to build something big and go out there. And I can only imagine it's probably scary at times. And, but just having that, that faith and trust in yourself that you're doing the right thing. I think it's a really important lesson. Yeah, it was scary. And I learned there were a lot of negative message. And when you're starting, that's not what you want to hear because you're already saying yes to fear. And mm -hmm. you're pretty much walking next to fear. And you don't need more negative. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much stopped talking to those people, push them away. And, and then it was with me, a, a battle with myself. So I learned to be more stronger than my own thoughts to stop whatever was negative or comes as fear. Say, get out of my way, we're moving forward. And that's how you do it. And that's brilliant. That's a lesson for all of us entrepreneurs when we hear those voices that, that say, well, whether they're actually physical voices or audible voices that people are actually telling you or the ones in your head that are that are like mm, don't go to that event that's above your head or mm, don't give that project a try because it's going to require too much of your time or ooh that idea is too big i mean there's a there's several times where Jessa and i have met individuals that say you're thinking too big Yes. Did uh, that? Did that? People say that to you? Yes. Um, especially on the fashion industry. What the hell, Mavi? Is like, <laughs> what you're thinking? You're you're not that big yet. 
And now, like, where are the rules to say that I'm not that big yet? Like, how are you going to compete with Louis Vuitton, with all these other brands? And I said, look, Mavis Herrera is not here to compete with no one. We're here to provide an alternative solution to make fashion more sustainable and to show the fashion world and everyone else that, yes, you can make it. Me being small and every, like small, like only 9, 10, 11 people, we're able to make sustainable products. So for the big companies out there, yes, you can. Si se puede. Si se puede. <laughs> <laughs> and we had uh, Lisa Todd on, um, I think, our last episode from the Wealth Consulting Group, and we talked a lot about um, high-impact investing. And she was saying, you know, she had a good point. She's like, every time you spend a dollar, that dollar has an impact. And what that impact means is, like, determined by you. So, or where you're directing your your dollars towards. And so when you're talking about your clients and customers being change makers, like, by them you know, using their dollars to buy your product to help these women get out of, you know, some situations where they're exposed to violence or poverty or, you know, lacking skills. Like this story is so impactful. You have to feel good about it. Like I could go buy a, you know, a plastic can, not plastic, not like this nice plastic one, you know, the, the ones that are supposed to like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a Target plastic handbag. <laughs> and, you know, and it's great. And I have it for a few months. I'm like, ah, and, you know, on to the next. And it's the whole fast fashion cycle. And so by voting with your dollars and these, like, handmade, like, artisanal, like, nice quality products that have this connection, the story with these women, it's, I think, as a consumer, you can feel really good about that. Yes. And um, so one project is the, to empower these women and for them to grow and be better. And my second um, project, what I want to do, <laughs> I wanted to uh, connect the internet and the mountains to kids. So there's a lot of kids that live in the mountains. There's no Wi-Fi, there's no um, lights, internet, nothing. This is where the, the women yeah. live that make the bags? Uh-huh. And so I want to bring the world to them through the internet. Uh, I know that's tough, but I, I'm sure I can do it along the way. It's going to be there. <laughs> um, we believe in you. <laughs> and the other project that I do, I started actually in college. It's called Shoes for Stars. I love Shoes for Stars. Yay. Um, so basically, I was a full student, time student, and my parents didn't let me work. So I started Shoes for Stars. Fine. I will get donations. So Shoes for Stars, it's... We get a pair of canvas shoes, and we invite the kids in the community to paint the shoes. And then we take it to Mexico or another country in need, and we distribute the shoes. But the process is pretty cool. So in college, um, Joan totally heard about my story, so she called me like, hey, come over. I have more shoes. So I started getting shoes from Italy, from Japan, from all over the world. So I collected 3,000 pair of shoes, <laughs> painted with a message, all in my garage. It took me like three months to smuggle through Tijuana because <laughs> otherwise I would have to pay a duty and a tax. And I mean, I'm college. I don't have money. Yeah. So uh, my parents helped me. Uh-huh. <laughs> And we took it to San Quintin, which is five hours out of the border, and we donated the shoes. That moment, you you think that a pair of shoes will not really make a difference, but when a kid just give you a hug and tell you, for the first time, my my shoes are gonna be warm, and you see her feet's not wearing socks, 
you are, yes, I'm making a difference. So I'm doing Choose for Stars again. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, probably it's going to happen in May or June. And I already have the list. So we're going to provide Choose for 80 kids. Mm. They're in two schools in San Quintin. And... And I'm so excited. Congratulations. We're so excited. And we're going to do it here in San Diego. Uh, we're going to paint the shoes here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And we invite the kids and community and we tell them that you are a star because you're amazing. And someone from another part of the world is going to receive these pair of shoes. So we're going to send the message. What message do you want to paint for the kid? And then when we distribute it, we make our circle and we hold hands and we tell the kids, like, you're a star and you're so amazing that you're here to shine. So whatever your dream is, like, close your eyes, say it, you can say it loud. And then now take your dream and put it inside your heart. And you're going to make a promise that no one else is going to take away your dream. (laughs) And that's why you're getting a pair of shoes. And you matter in this world. And we believe in you. And that's the process of Choose for Stars. You're establishing a cosmic connection between these kids and their dreams and the messages that the donators inscribe in those shoes. It's it's like I can imagine you're you're using your hands to paint and write a message on these shoes and you're delivering that message to the universe through your organization. It's providing Shoes for these little kids that are stars, they have dreams, they have those, and they hold them in their heart. And being a part of that, even if I don't get to meet the kid, even if I don't go down to St. Quintin with with you, I feel connected to that very deeply. For those of you that are listening, we have... My friends and I go down to Arandira every year, which is just (laughs) nearby San Quintin for camping. (laughs) And so I I can visualize this place. I drive by it when we go camping. This is, it's so wild that that's the place that you picked. And that happens to be like, this year will be our 11th year of going down camping in that same spot at Punta Cabras. Um, And I'm so excited for all my friends to be listening to this and your story because I think we can get a really big group of participants in May, June for Shoes for Stars. We'll love to have you guys. Yes. It's when you give out the shoes, it's, oh, my gosh, it's so beautiful. That's one of the things that keeps me going. Like, Mm -hmm. I I enjoy doing this. I really do. You take care of the environment. You take care of the people. You take care of yourself. Um, this is truly a regenerative business that creates value, not just for yourself. You're creating value for your workers, for your change makers, and for the kids and for the environment everywhere. I just, I'm so grateful that you were able to share that story with us. Thank you. Yes, you're you're a role model. (laughs) You really are for so many reasons. Um, and so I mean, we talked about, so you have the bags, you have shoes for stars, you have, I don't know why I'm drawing such a big blink right now. What was the third thing? Well, it's the Oh, the internet, the internet. I'm sorry. And so do you think for, okay, starting with the bags, do you see that brand going beyond bags, handbags? Uh, Yes, in the future. Mm -hmm. I want to create a belt. I want to see other opportunities, maybe not just bags, but uh, for plants. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things that you, you can do with recycled plastic. Right. It's amazing. Like, 
-hmm. It doesn't need a lot of water. It's very like environmental, like good for the environment. So why not? Um, but yeah, for now I will have continue doing bags. We're actually uh, building a new model. Mm. Actually, the bag that you're looking right now, it mm -hmm. took three months to make this bag. Mm. It's it's a long process because plastic is not easy to manage like leather. Like you just fold and cut, and then no, it's like. You had to make sure where you're folding, where you're making the cuts and the work and everything that goes there. So mm -hmm. it took three months just to get this perfect model. I mean, it was through error, a lot of stuff. I mean, it's it's a challenge. It's not yeah. simple. I remember you telling me to make this one flap from the back forward. Yes. It took a lot of engineering and trial and error and time because, like you said, leather, you can just fold it over and stitch. Plastic, it doesn't do that. And for our listeners who can't see this, um, you know, go to mabisbyherrera.com. They're woven plastic handbags, and they look perfect. Like, I I don't—it doesn't look like somebody used a hot glue gun to seal two pieces of plastic <laughs> together and, like, fold it over and, like, clamp it. It looks—it's flexible. It's malleable. It's gorgeous. Yeah, and it's also, like, very resistant. They last forever. You know, plastic, I mean, it takes a lot <laughs> to decompose. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're water-resistant as well. Mm. So they're easy to clean, too. That so. would have been helpful. We were at an orphanage in, in Tijuana on Saturday, and it downpoured straight into my backpack <laughs> as we were taking a photo. I need a Mavis by Herrera backpack. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, I have two more questions, and I'm trying to think the best order okay so when <laughs> sorry i'm like which one makes sense no so you told us some i, I thought they were like kind of cute and like fun stories about working with the designers and training or i'm sorry not the designers but you as a designer working with the artisans to train them to make the bags yes and can you kind of walk us through some of that process oh, wow. and some things that <laughs> some challenges so okay first of all there's no phones so guess what i need to buy phones teach them how to use whatsapp that's what we use to communicate <laughs> teach them how to do video conference. Um, when we were working on the straps, I was like, Adelina, what happened? Uh, one was strap is longer than the other one. Oh, Senorita Mavis. Um, look, she's taller than me, so she has longer arms and I have shorter <laughs> arms. So that's the way they were measuring. I was like, no, no, no. So I went and bought all the supply and be like, okay, it's gonna be 130 centime centimeters and this is the measure. So I have to put it, like draw on the wall mm -hmm. and it's just been crazy. Instead and, of measure, I can just picture them yeah. like using one yes, arm exactly. for one thing, one arm for another yeah. thing. I love that. <laughs> and because one is taller, that one's shorter, well, <laughs> that's why you had difference. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that doesn't work. Another, um, they were they're very passionate about build, making the bags. And I said, okay, every time we, we're gonna test a new model, we just do one and two, we perfection. And then we start production. Well, they feel so proud of it. They start production. And so I ended up with 30 bags that I don't know what to do because they were not gonna work. <laughs> and I'm like, that's my headache. Like, mm -hmm. and I say, like, no, no, no. It, but they were f outlet and, sale. Yes, example <laughs> like sale or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that bag is actually, um, we're almost done. We were able to make it like a little mini less pollution bag. That's the name of one of my bags. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it turned out like, great. And, and who knows? Maybe it becomes one of the best sellers. You know? Yeah. yeah. So I just like being 
positive, optimistic right now.、Mm-hmm. But those are the challenges. Like they they don't know about technology. They don't know. I mean, they work from home, and we go, we deliver, we drop all the material, and then we come back when we pick up the product and make sure like everything it's right.、Mm-hmm. If not, I mean, we have to redo it because quality control, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, But those are the challenge. That is not. Is, we don't do mass production, and I will not do mass production. Someone asked me, "Why don't you do this protocol and send it to China, and they can do it for you?" Like you're, you're missing the whole point. If I need to create more bags to produce more bags, I can hire more people, and that's my goal. I love that. So it's like no.、Um, so everything we have, we work with limited quantity, not mass production. It takes like a, a week to make one bag with the finished details. Eighty percent down. Eighty、uh, percent. It's done in Mexico and Oaxaca. Twenty percent in the U.S.、Um, so yeah. So it's been a quite journey, different, <laughs> but you're learning all this. Yeah. How often do you go down to Oaxaca to quality control and to just meet with the ladies? I have a a, a person, Adelina. She's、mm. the my point person. So I always have weekly like. Weekly meetings with the team, and then we have daily meetings with her, making sure how the bags are going and the new designs, what works, what doesn't work, and、mm-hmm. yes. But、we'll, I have constant communication with everyone and make sure that they're doing okay if、mm-hmm. they need anything or how can I improve and I mean how can I help.、Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're they're amazing people. I love them. <laughs> What is the community's reaction like? Do other、uh, members in that community want to jump on board and be artisans as well, or is it just getting traction at the moment? Well, I have two types of artisans,、um, which I'm very proud. Of. One, it's uh, between twenty、uh, three to forty, and then I have the elder, my grandmas. There are my adopted grandmas. It's in <laughs> another community. It's in the sur of Oaxaca, and they're in their Sixties to eighty, late eighties, and it's just their grandmas are so beautiful. Abuelas, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I don't, yeah. So they're they're beautiful people, and they do different things. They do different parts of the process. Yes. Who makes the、um, straps? So the straps are come actually from upcycle.、Mm. So we clean it up and we just like redo it, and、mm-hmm. we pick different straps. And、like、we、it. actually make、uh, part of a strap. This is like the chain strap, but we have a、uh, different ones that they're made actually in Oaxaca. I just really、uh, love this. Yeah, <laughs> <too> . <laughs> I like want to be. I want to go down there. I want to hang yes, out. I want to、yes. be with the abuelas. Can we go? Yes. Can we have yes, a tour. Yes, yes. Okay. Plus, like Oaxaca is known for.、Um, yes. Oaxaca is known for chocolate too, isn't and it? And mezcal. And mezcal. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just a chime. Yeah. Yeah.、Mezcal. What's on my mind is food、mezcal. and food and fashion. Yes, it's the best in Mescal. In Mescal, there's a Oaxacan restaurant that opened up nearby、oh. in Hillcrest. It's very close to where I live.、Mm. Um, Barrio Cocina, Barrio de Cocina, Barrio de Cocina. Yeah, I've been here. Yeah, you have to. You can come. We、yeah. can. Sh- we should go there、But、for one have... of our meetings, and you can tell me if it's good Oaxacan、yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they have good coffee too. I'm a、Ooh. coffee addicted. Oh my. Oh,、gosh. good、okay. to know. Yes. Yes, we are into this. <laughs>、um, okay, this is happening. Um, so we'll table that for now. We'll schedule. <laughs> so with your bags, so we know you sell them online. And where are you selling them now? And where are you trying? Like, what are your goals of where to be selling them? So, the first seven months, eight months, 
I was really focusing in production, so I was just selling online. Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm happy. <laughs> Yay. Um, so right now we have one store in Chico, California, one in Sacramento. Uh, we have one here in San Diego, actually, in downtown Gaslamp. And hopefully, I can't say, but there's there's a pending uh, meetings that's going to happen. And soon it could be in three more locations in San Francisco and San Diego. Great. Wow. So we're getting baby steps, you know, getting right. there. But you can definitely buy my bags online. Mavisbyarrera.com, mm -hmm. um, that's the only place that we sell our bags. We're not on Amazon. We're not on eBay. We're not on any of those platforms. Because mm -hmm. um, I want to control my my ship and my production at 100%. Mm -hmm. um, that so was what, a conscious decision that you were right. making to be involved in all of the details. I love that. Yeah. It's very handmade craft, not just from producing the bags themselves, but the way the business is run right. and how hands-on you are. Yeah, and I also specify on the website that when, once you get the bag, you won't see a lot of labels. I try to reduce that impact. Like, there's no need, like... There's no need to have, like, the tags, the tags that say no. different things. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you've got one label on the front. That's also plastic, right? Yeah. This is, comes from um, an old garment. And oh. this is the ones that we clean up. And that's how we put our logo. Is that plastic or leather? Yeah. It can be oh, plastic. Wow. It can be leather. It okay. comes um, different materials. But we clean it out. So we upcycle completely. And we put a stamp with our logo. Yeah, we'll post um, pictures with this when we post the podcast on social media okay. so people mm -hmm. know what we're yeah. talking about. And so your like goal is to, as it sounds like, is to be in boutique, more like smaller, local, or I shouldn't say local, but not like a big box retailer. No, I mean, I will be happy to be in big retailers, mm -hmm. but if we come together and with an agreement that works for me, for the bags, for the brand, and for them, you know, okay. that I'm mm -hmm. open, but... We have to come to a middle and be more sustainable. Right. Like, if not, then what's the point of selling a sustainable bag when you're not being sustainable? It's like missing your value of integrity. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm not going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to go... I love going wild card. Wild card. Can, can we talk about the project that the three of us are working on? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm so excited. I've been like holding it in. Uh, I was like, really? dare I was we like, say? Is it too soon? No. It's not too soon. It's the Let's right time. It. Well, <laughs> we have a little nugget of information that came in while we were talking. I saw it pop up and it distracted me. But in general, maybe Mavis, can you give us kind of the overview? I mean, because this is your brainchild and we formed around this. So maybe can you lay out the, the overall idea of the event that we're working on? And it's literally like we met you and this event was what was we decided to do. Like it was that meant day. to be. It was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when I met you, <laughs> I remember you ladies asked me what was one of my projects. And I say, I want to do a sustainable fashion show. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And and then I share with you that everything what we're gonna do in this sustainable fashion show it has to have a purpose, a meaningful purpose. Uh, from the runway, the models, they're like cancer survivors. From the food, it, it, it's organic. It's from like our customers are the will be um, change makers. Mm -hmm. Everything has to have a meaningful purpose, every little detail. Otherwise, I don't want it. 
and you guys <laughs> were great, and you jump over, and and we're doing it. Yeah, we were really, really, really excited. It was kind of like one of those moments where you're you're meeting somebody for the first time, and everything that they're saying just gets you excited. And we, our vision aligns with yours. One of the branches of our business is we help host sustainable or regenerative events. And we've been planning a few of these for some clients that we have. And this is the culmination of like what's really exciting because it's not just a regenerative runway or regenerative fashion. We're also bringing in innovation because like you said, the people that are gonna come to this are those change makers. So we wanna show them innovation in technology related to sustainability are we are we pulling water out of the air are we having artists um create local artwork on the spot are we selling upcycled jewelry you know who who are the designers that are going to be walking down the runway like you said oh and local music local drinks artists (laughs) yeah local artists um, and winemakers and, and everyone is our, our key message is that every detail is thoughtfully, consciously, purposefully chosen. Well, say, yes, <laughs> it's called runway to regeneration. So, and we're going we to host make- it later this probably early fall ish for working on finalizing the date. Um, but it's going to be at a really cool venue um, that is a lead platinum building in San Diego. And we are looking for sponsors. So get in early on that. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting this out to the universe. Yeah. Yes. We're looking for sponsors. We're looking for change makers, people who are interested in seeing the latest trends in innovation for Keep vendors, art designers, vendors, uh, yeah. who want to collaborate and create um, art design from plastic. I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. What else we're we looking for? We've got some top chefs in mind. Oh yes, yes. They're going to be the- producing VIP experiences that are going to attract the really big change makers and risk takers that are going to make a difference. Um, and. It's going to be a memorable, very, like you said, elegant, glamorous event. You know, we yes. might be creating things out of trash, but it's going to be gorgeous. You won't know. Yeah, <laughs> you will not even have a clue, but it's, it's happening. Yeah. And also, like, we are bringing together the community of San Diego's exchange makers to show not just San Diego, California, show the world that San Diego, we are change maker, we are innovators, and we do exist, and we do great things. Si se puede. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> Contact us. We wanna, we wanna make this a thing. This is a thing. It's happening. We're letting it happen. Um, you can get in contact with us at Estellar.co or mavisbyherrera.com. Instagram, LinkedIn, all the things. All the things. And we also, I just want to give a shout out because we have two other team members helping us. Yes. Yes. Um, Lauren Goldberg, um, who is an event planner, Mm -hmm. and Stephen O'Halloran with Please and Thank You uh, Bar. So we have a team of five that everyone has their roles, experienced in the various parts of this event. And so we are, we're all really excited. I can't wait. (laughs) We have a meeting, so we'll. Stay tuned. Yeah coming yay (laughs) so with that um it's been so fun having you it's meaningful you you 
brightened the day, which was already very sunny. (laughs) So um, can you help us by wrapping up with three key takeaways that you want our listeners to be stuck with as they go about their day? Okay, let's start with the first one. One, it would be whoever it's out there, like if you have an idea, if, if you dream about it, if you believe it, like go for it, you know? Like life is too short, like just go go out there and live life. Like life is beautiful, like follow it and don't be scared of fear and take the risk. Like you will be okay. Like definitely you will be okay. Um, so that was one. Two, um, when you're buying a product, like be more consciousness, like ask questions like who's making my product? Like where's my money going? because that's the way that you can impact and make a difference in the world. Because like you say, every dollar matters by where the dollar is going to. So if you're supporting companies that are here to create and innovate great things, then more things are gonna come out and that's that's amazing. And the third one is, I would say always believe in yourself. like. Believe in yourself, like, and love is stronger than death. That's <laughs> that's my third takeaway. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Thank you so much, Mavis. Thank you for having me. Thanks. <laughs> All right, you ready? Send it, Jessa. Thanks for listening. And visit astellar.co. That's A-S-T-E-L-L-A-R dot C-O for reference materials from the podcast and to connect with Jessa and Laurel. Foxhole Studios specializes in audio production and can work remotely to meet your audiovisual needs whether you live in San Diego or not. Getting a podcast started? Contact the team at info at foxholestudios.com for any and all inquiries.